All right, here we go. Man, welcome to the Clinic All NBA Podcast. I'm Rosa Panta. My name is... And I've got the two hooligans with me again. I've got JJ. JJ, what's up, man? What's up, everybody? My name is... And of course, I have John. John, what's good, dude? My name is... I'm good, man. I, I feel official, official. I got a new mic. It doesn't sound like I'm recording on a <laughs> on a 1997 cassette re- recorder, so I feel good. Good to Mom's be here. Masticati. <laughs> you got that good mic, man. We could hear that baritone in your voice now. Yeah, perfect. You don't sound like a robot. <laughs> so this this first round has been absolutely nuts. I mean, we, we were drawing conclusions off of two games thinking some people would get swept aka the clippers and then all of a sudden opinions just start swirling around and it twists around and we do 180s and everything and i just want to know what are some of your guys's takes or opinions or epiphanies from this first round like what what have we learned jj i'm gonna start with you well i guess that the clippers are proving all of us wrong like you were just saying which they yeah. won two major uh, road wins against the Mavs. Oh. And that's really impressive. The Mavs actually had a pretty substantial lead uh, within game three. And, you know, just off statistics, we all know that if you're down 0 3, it's pretty much game, right? But right. the Clippers yeah. pulled that one out. And I just kind of thought, like, Maybe they are the real deal, right? Um, what? And we could cover this later, but there are three like characteristics that I always go by in terms of a championship-level team. And it's one, talent. And uh, it's always been proven that you need an all-NBA player, top five. And if not, you have an all-defensive player, top five. And... I don't know, I thought the Clippers were super talented um, when they were down 0-2. I didn't really buy it into them, and everyone was riding Luka, right? Yes, sir! And they should, like, the dude's, like, been putting the ball in all their eyes, especially Patrick Beverly. But I guess Ty Lue, for (laughs) whatever reason, he uh, subscribed to our channel, listened to our podcast 10 times. He must have. And... He made the adjustments that we cried for, which was play Rondo. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, and be aggressive with the ball, uh, match up on D. So I guess that's my first revelation with the first round, which was you know the Clippers are in it now. Um, the Lakers, which John, I I want you to your input even though you may be hurting right now you want to know so, something drink I'm, your I'm, a, I'm, I'm crying on the inside yeah. but i'm smiling on the outside yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think that, i think to answer to answer your question june about my takeaways i think this year is, is wild because there's just so many injuries and and to be completely honest with you i don't know if the best team this year the best team on paper or the best cohesive unit is going to win the championship i think it's going to be the team that's the healthiest and i think we can say that about every year but i think more so than ever it's this 
it applies to this year because the injuries are just through the roof. I know there's, a, you know, on the top of my head, Anthony Davis, LeBron isn't 100% healthy. You've got um, Jamal Murray gone with an ACL. So that, you know, Denver's completely, they're not going to make the, the championship most likely. Um, Donovan yeah, Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell, you know, a bunch of other guys, other you know, those are the top tier, but then you have second tier Embiid, and third tier. Embiid today. Yeah, Embiid. Sore knee, but I, honestly, that doesn't surprise me. It's it's a shame, but he's always been injury prone. So for me, yeah. it's, it's I just, you know, people are saying the Nets, people are saying the Lakers. It all depends on who's healthy at the right time. If, if the Nets can stay healthy, I think they're going to take it. If the Sixers can stay healthy, because I think as we progress deeper in the playoffs, as teams get more aggressive... As teams get better, they play harder, defense tightens up. I think people are going to get more hurt. And I hate to say that, but I think there's going to be more injuries that we're going to see, given that it was the shortest offseason um, that the NBA has ever had. So that's my that's yeah. kind of my takeaway from it. From just, not just the first round, but the entire playoffs. Do you two buy the Nets? Hold up. Like, are you impressed with the wins against Boston? I know last year's Boston well, team was way different, but... And Jun, you could go ahead and say what you think, but I'll just start off by saying that I don't buy it. I know I should, but I'm not impressed with the Boston win. Wins. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that, of course, of course, the Laker fan here would hedge the fact that this year's championship is going to have an asterisk <laughs> with injuries. <laughs> Boo-hoo, Laker fan. <laughs> You know, my response to that is the uh, the Mickey Mouse ring that we won last season in the bubble, 100% yeah. legitimate. Yeah. One of the best ever. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's, that's fair. No, that's, I'm joking. No, no, that's completely fair criticism. That's all right. I, I'll take it. No, I I 100% agree that this, this season might have an asterisk on it just because in a shortened season... And in a season where we had the play-in, we didn't even talk about whether or not we liked the play-in in the first place. But the fact that we had the play-in forced a lot of teams to continue to play, especially through injury. I mean, you saw LeBron James, right? LeBron James probably had to rush, rush back from that high ankle injury to play in that play-in. And, and AD had to rush back too to continue to play games for seeding. I mean, if that doesn't happen... If we didn't have a play-in, you know, maybe the injuries that we see now uh, wouldn't be happening. So it's, I think you're onto something here where, where this year has been so affected by injuries that people may put an asterisk on it. I would not be surprised that they would and say it's a shortened season and the play-in um, happened. And that's, that's the reason why, you know, the... The Grizzlies won this year. I'm just going to pick a random team. I don't actually think the Grizzlies are going to go all the way. But as far as JJ's question with the Nets, I'm I'm buying in on the Nets. Only, only because the Celtics, I know this year they're a little beaten down and they're not quite the defensive juggernaut that they once were. Marcus Smart looks like a shell of himself um, this, this series. But I think that might be because he's facing like the Avengers... Of the league, what? I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, don't interrupt you. The Avengers are the good guys, Jim. You can't. That's a bad. That's a bad analogy. Well, this is my point. You know, you go, you go when you watch, you watch, you know, Iron Man, and you're like, damn, that Iron Man movie was dope. Oh. You go and watch, 
Thor, and you're like, that Thor movie was dope. Oh. Then you watch Spider-Man, you know? Oh. And what I'm saying is that in one game, you do that in one game. You see Kyrie, and you're like, holy crap, this is one of the most creative scorers in the league in like for this generation. And then you see James Harden, and you're like, dude, this guy gets to the foul line at an incredible late rate that like no one else ever does. And then Kevin Durant, this is the tallest walking bucket I've ever seen in my life. And that to- that type of star power, you can't really argue with. So uh, yeah, I'm buying on the Nets, and they're in a weak East. I think they're going to get plenty of rest. What do you guys think? As much as this pains me to say... And I've just been shaking my head for anybody. Obviously, people can't, <laughs> the listeners can't see my face, but I have to reluctantly agree with you in terms of buying in on the Nets. And I say that I'm not a fan. Obviously, I can't say anything about super teams because the Lakers kind of have one. And, you know, it's it's just what's been happening in the, NBA, in the modern NBA now. And I agree with you 100%. I think that for the first time, people cannot say, people are going to say, that was a team that won without really good defense, that they won by outscoring their opponent. And I think that they just have so much firepower that if you cannot stop them, then they're just going to outscore. I mean, they last game, the what is game four, they scored 145 something points or 140 something points without, without overtime, 141 points without overtime. And to me, that's just absolutely insane. Now, the caveat to that for me is can the Sixers and the Bucks, if they can utilize their size, and I mean really utilize their size, they're going to have to really beat down on the undersized nets. And if they can do that for six, five, six, seven games, then maybe, just maybe, they, I think those Bucks and Sixers have a fighting chance. But the nets with Kyrie, KD, and, and Harden, if they're 100% healthy, that's that just, for me, it's just hard to comprehend how somebody could stop that team. And I hate saying that because I'm not a... Nets fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm just calling it like I see it. So I'll I'll go get both of your guys' take. What? So no, next take. This is why like we love basketball, right? Um yeah. the, like what I said, the three characteristics. One is talent. Right? Top top five top five all NBA player or top five all NBA defense. So the Nets obviously checked that with three players, right? Maybe two out of the three were Harden and KD. But Kyrie is no scrub, right? But the other two characteristics, which I would think the other teams have that they don't, would be defense and chemistry. You want to know something? Don't forget that the Mavericks beat a stacked Miami Heat team with LeBron, Wade, and Bosch in their prime. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they- for me though, I think I think that Miami Heat team, I felt like they occupied different spaces on the floor. I mean, sorry, with that Miami te- team, with that Miami Heat team, they occupied the same space on the floor. I mean, you could say that both LeBron and Wade at that particular time, they didn't really stretch the floor. They wanted to attack. And that's the same space that Chris Bosh wanted to do low post stuff. And it took them a long time to learn how to vibe. But if you're talking like Wait. James Harden, who's shooting it from deep, and KD shooting it from deep, and then 
Kyrie like driving down the middle. I mean, it's it's a different offensive beast in my opinion. You just said long Can time I... to vibe. The those three have only what played together for twelve games. Twelve games. So what? Like, to so add, to add to what both of you are saying, John, you said they're a terrible defensive team, right? All almost every single NBA championship team were top ten in defense, with the exception of your. Laker team with Kobe and Shaq, but two thousand. Yeah, but we all know that those two could turn it on. Holla, holla. That's the difference. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm buy a, that with this Nets team. So I, I kind of you both, you both make good points. I think that I think continuity is underrated. I think that's something that really plays a big role in in championship teams and i and obviously the nets haven't had their big three play for more than 12 games like you said and so i think that's a factor i do think that when it comes to end of the games and they're not fully they haven't really fully learned how to play where their spots are and play with each other but my argument my even own my own argument against myself is that those three have played on the Olympic, the USA team, mm. so they do have they do have some experience playing together. So I think that's an important point. And then June's point is, I do think they do. They, I think they do fit better than the Miami Heat team. They're they're different positions. They have different roles. Whereas LeBron James and Dwayne Wade were kind of similar. They both both Wade and LeBron. I mean, they're both LeBron's a facilitator. Wade isn't, but. LeBron, I don't think he ever played the... He didn't play the one that often, but I could be completely way off base. But who knows? I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets won the title, but I also would, wouldn't be surprised if they didn't win. I think for me, it's it's up in the air. Yes, who's, who's the team that KD, Kyrie, and Harden are scared to face? If one of you had to I, pick a team, like they're like... I'm pretty scared of this team. They're scared to face. Yes. I think the but I think I think I don't know if they're scared of any team just because they they probably have that whether it's false or real sense of security in terms of how how good they are. Their top three are it's the most stacked top three starting five probably you've ever seen. Maybe I don't know. Maybe back in the day with Magic and Kareem and James Worthy that might have been up there. But in terms of star power, you right. kind of have top three of the top. I mean, you have top three of the top, arguably top five players in the league. Baby, baby. So Man, I would, I, for me, it's the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, are we talking both conferences, both conferences. here, or are we just talking about East? You put the Bucks over the Sixers. Interesting. Oh, Man. Okay. I think if I'm thinking about Sixers and I'm thinking about Bucks, I think I would also choose the Bucks. I know both of them have terrible postseason. Um, records i guess they've always fallen short both of them so i'm not really comfortable with either and i think that's what's wrong with this eastern conference is that there's no one really that's proven to challenge the nets um but i if i had to go with one maybe maybe it would be the bucks and just because i would i would think that their defense would be able to step up a little bit Mm -hmm. but in the in the western conference man if it's if it's a healthy lakers team I think that's the one to fear, especially if they start to figure it out. Um, even though right now it doesn't seem like they quite have figured out um, what to do with particular players. Like Kuzma, this last game 
looked like a damn shell of himself. You I don't know lose. what kind of plays he was trying to make, but they definitely weren't the right decisions or the right plays, don't, or he just wasn't in the right spots. Don't talk about John's favorite player like that. Yes, sir. <laughs> but now that that LeBron and AD are both hampered, like Kuzma needs to actually play quality minutes. That's what's scary about the Lakers. Um, is that I don't know if I could trust them right now, but if that's a healthy Lakers team, I think that would be the team to fear for the Nets. So I think the, and I'm going to be impartial here, is that as much as I want the Lakers to, you know, as much as I want to say they'll make the, the title or they'll make the finals and win the title, I'm I'm losing a little bit of confidence. And not it's not because I don't believe in the players, it's because of what I said earlier about continuity and all the injuries, Schroeder getting his 14-day quarantine or whatever it is, twice. And the last one at the end of the season. Vogel really trying to figure out what lineups to play in the playoffs. Guys aren't playing. like, I mean, Markeith Morris was playing a lot at the end of the season. It's not playing anymore. Montrezl Harrell has a lot of DNPs. So I think it's... I think for me, I, I, I hope the Lakers make it out. But the lack of continuity does concern me a bit. But... Like you said, I do think the Lakers are the team, if healthy, if they get it together, if they if they learn how to play with each other, and if they shoot the damn ball a little bit better. I mean, it seems like they're shooting 10% from three-point land, and I, I just can't. <laughs> I mean, the three of us maybe could be yeah. reserves for the Lakers and hit at least 15 to 20% of our threes, but if all, I mean, a lot of things have to go right for the Lakers, and they have to really pick it up for them to... For them to be a threat to the Nets, assuming the Nets do make it out of the East. Who would? Who is the team on the West right now? Like, because the Lakers have question marks, right? If it's not the Lakers, then who is it? I mean, you people would say Utah, but then they have question marks too, and they are in a dogfight with Memphis right now. Yeah, that game is actually that game four is currently going on right now. Mm. And yeah. they might go up 3-1 three, three, on Memphis But I mean Memphis doesn't look like Any sort of Slouch Like that team That team looks nice In my opinion that, This um, is the woes of the The Western Conference When you're When you're playing that Conference man It's yeah. a gauntlet Which is cool right It's like Back yeah. in the day in the 80s It was the East with the Celtics, the Hawks, the Bulls. Yeah! Pistons. What I'm getting from this is that none of us trust the Clippers, still. Even though the Clippers came back. <laughs> like, we're not going to put them as as one of... Like, the if the Lakers are at the top, who is number two in this situation? Because, like, we all have trust issues with, with most of these teams now. Like, we have trust issues with the Mavs. We have trust issues with the Clippers. We have trust issues with the Suns. I assume, or do the Suns look good now? No, Chris Paul's even injured. I'm not even gonna mention the Nuggets and Trailblazers because they they look like second round exit, exits at this point. What? Ooh, you just lost your Portland fan base right there. <laughs> they sort of do. I don't know who they're gonna catch next, but they need some injury injury luck. I mean, if Whether it be CP3 going down or it's LeBron James going down. Whoever, if it's Nuggets or Trailblazers, I don't, I don't trust any of those teams to beat the Suns or the Lakers. Yeah, if we're, I mean, honestly, I could see the Suns. I, I know the Suns are the second seed. 
I know that they they've had one of the best years they've ever had in franchise history, other than when probably when Charles Barkley was there. But I could see the Suns losing to Portland. I could see them losing to Denver too. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. But if I had to pick, I would pick. I'd probably pick Utah, even though they they still have some question marks too. But I think Utah's gonna be up there with whoever's the healthiest. Maybe the Lakers. Maybe the Suns. Who knows? Yeah, Donovan Mitchell's actually looking kind of right right now. Dude. Like, he's looking good. You know, Adam Silver's, like, really worried right now about your guys' picks for the finals. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if it was, like, a Milwaukee (laughs) versus Utah finals. Oh, man. Ratings would go through the roof. <laughs> quick apologies to yeah, any ratings. quick apologies to any Bucks and Jazz and Utah Jazz fans that might be listening. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's again, it's up in the air to me. For me, I I just don't. There's I thought I thought this year would be somewhat predictable in terms of who would make it out of the West, and I think. Without injuries, you could probably, you know, shoe in the Lakers. You could probably shoe in the Nets, but who knows? There's really non-committal like favorites on both sides. Is this is this what the league wanted? Was basically just a crap shoot on both sides because that's what it feels like right now. Is that right? I would say so. What was it like, 2016 or 17, where we had so many game six, game seven? Maybe that was 2014, right? The final, where the first time that the first round had that many game six or game seven. You wanna know something? I think they do want that, right? Just like multiple, but it shouldn't be like that. It's it's straight up like the, you know, the the seating where you have Utah at one and Memphis at eight. We should see them getting waxed, meaning Memphis. But I mean. John Morant props. Just like he's not intimidated by the moment. Yeah. Yeah, for John Morant, I mean, this is is really his coming out party in terms of him reaching that upper echelon of of stars that I think he had to show it in the playoffs and that's, he's just balling out right now. He's, he, I hope he stays healthy. He has that aggressive style like Derrick Rose did when he first came into the league. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hope his knees don't buckle i hope he stays healthy and and because he is he is a star in the yeah. making and he's uh he is a pleasure to watch i think the funnest part of that grizzlies team is like ja morant but not very close or not very far rather is uh dylan brooks oh i thought I you were gonna has... i thought you were gonna say valentunas <laughs> <laughs> That's no old way. school. That's old school. Big man, big man basketball, dude. Come on. He is old school. Him, him, and Robin Lopez are probably yeah. the most old school centers on in the league right now. Yep. But Dylan Brooks, man, like, I know that the all, the all NBA stuff isn't in yet, but I hope that he's in. He's on the all defense, because like he might be one of the most like underrated like two way players in the league right now. Dylan, why does Dylan Brooks look like Trey Young if he took steroids? <laughs> or uh, Deron Williams. <laughs> yeah, Deron <laughs> yeah. Williams. Yeah, I remember that. That was a good one. 
I uh, so I was I was looking up something. I something just came in on a news story about the so a fan was tackled at the during the Sixers and Wizards game. Dude, he ran on the court and he got tackled by security. So something is going on. I mean, some of these what are these fans drinking? What kind of what's in the water at these at these cities, man? Or going on in, in here in America? Because there's a bunch of stuff that's happening over the last what three or four games. You have the this incident. You have uh, the fans spitting on Trey, and then Kyrie getting a water the bottle, water bottle thrown at yeah. his head. What do you guys? I'm curious. What do you guys think about all that? What's going on with that? I don't know. My knee-jerk reaction is that like, there's crappy people everywhere, and this is this is the result of like not having nice things for a while, and now people just forgot how to act. And I don't know what's going to solve it. I actually saw a tweet earlier today that was pretty hilarious that said, uh, Malice in the Palace Part 2 is the only way to keep these fans from acting up. (laughs) I love it. Like, kind of showing them another lesson of treating, you know, athletes right. I don't know. What do you think, JJ? Love. We need more love. (laughs) That 5G in their arms <laughs> making them go crazy. Yeah, I, I <laughs> just kidding. I think people were just tired of uh, lockdown, right? Like, what a crazy 2020. I, I don't want to get too much into it within the pod. Sure, people have been going through it. You want to listen to basketball, so just act right. Yes, sir. Yeah. You you know better, and if you don't know better, you'll you'll face the consequence. What did you guys think of Kyrie stepping on the Celtics logo? I mean, that happened before that water bottle was thrown. Not saying that he should get a water bottle thrown at his head. But I, th- I think Kyrie needs to get better material because he clearly watched the Terrell Owens in Dallas YouTube YouTube clip <laughs> of him standing in the middle of the star. Nah, I mean, it was disrespectful, but at the same time, it's it's a sport. I mean, you know, there's smack, there's trash talk, there's there's competitive, you know, people. Players do that all the time, so it, there's no reason somebody should throw a water bottle. Yeah, you can curse them out or, you know, keep say something, but keep it. Don't don't go personal. But it is what it is. Uh, fans get fans are sensitive, and you know that's their team, that's their logo. But to me, it's it's no harm, no foul. It's not a big deal. Everything that happens, everything should happen on the court, not out of the not off the court, right? The Celtic players, they need to do a better job of policing. And by doing that, you play better. You don't get blown out by 30 points. You can't do anything if you get blown out. Sorry. If you don't like it, then do something about it. (laughs) Meaning, win. Yeah. You lose. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, John, to your point, like, when Tio did it, hey, the Niners won by 14 or 17. They beat the spread against the Cowboys. You don't like it? Then maybe play better defense on Tio so he doesn't do it not once, but twice. Right. Yeah. I think KG had a had an issue with it. I think he had something on Instagram. Oh, okay. That was saying, like, so we are we not going to highlight the fact that Kyrie is stepping on the logo? We're going to keep showing that water bottle thing. I don't think he was saying that he should have a water bottle thrown at his head. But KG took exception to that, of course, because he won a championship in um, in Boston. But 
it seemed kind of interesting because usually like players kind of back up other players and KG is probably one of the most realist like ex-players the league has ever had and for him to speak up on that was kind of interesting to me well it just made me feel like um like maybe KG was a little right maybe that is too disrespectful or maybe it's just old school KG also called Charlie Villanueva a cancer patient so I don't know if we should take <laughs> anything too serious from my, my man we shouldn't so. we shouldn't be taking courtesy <laughs> lessons from KG <laughs> or politeness lessons yeah. from KG yeah I think you're right the big ticket yeah no I agree with that I mean He's gonna. He's he's not. He's biased because he, like you said, he played for the Celtics. He won a title against my Lakers, two thousand eight. So, but yeah, again, it's a level of disrespect. I mean, the like JJ said, the players should have done if they didn't want that to happen, play better or at least do. The players should have done something, kept it on the court, told him, hey, that's disrespectful, got in his face, whatever. But you know, it is what it is. I just don't, I guess to follow up on my own point is I don't even know why Kyrie has this disdain for Boston. I know that he had a pretty terrible one season there. I just don't know if it really warranted any kind of malice intent or some bitterness. I'm not sure. Maybe I missed something. Didn't he do that to himself in Boston? Isn't that like the take like people were saying that like oh he got on the mic and is all like i want to sign for the next few years if boston will have me but at the same time he was kind of ducking contracts that they were offering for him and then he was playing like half ass during the playoffs um i don't know if that's necessarily true but it seems kind of weird that Kyrie is the one that feels like he needs to stomp on that logo because like Boston fans probably feel the opposite, but like we should be stomping yeah. this full out. Didn't, right, didn't he? Right. He got everything that he wanted. His he left Cleveland for his own team. He picked Boston. Yeah. He had a supporting cast that supported him. I, I'm I, so. Go ahead, John. Sorry. I was no. I was just gonna say that uh, I don't think Kyrie has much. His history of saying one thing and doing com- something completely different is uh, do- well documented. I remember there's a clip on YouTube if you if you guys want to search it, where he was doing he was at a, a school or something and there was a show and tell or they were asking him questions when he was with Cleveland, and one of the kids says, "Kyrie, I want you to stay with Cleveland forever. Do you promise to stay with Cleveland forever?" And Kyrie looked this little kid in the eyes and said. Yeah, I'll stay with. I'm, not, I'm definitely gonna retire a Cavalier, and of course, you know, you don't, you can't predict the future. But why would you say something like that? And I think he, the next, the next couple months or something, or next year, he requested a trade. He said he wanted out of Cleveland. So, you know, I, I don't take whatever he says about his his loyalty too seriously. I mean, he doesn't really have a, a well documented history about it. That's true. I mean, he did say that that the Earth was flat, and then like. <laughs> Five years later, he said, no, that was actually a joke. <laughs> it took him that long to do some research to figure it out it wasn't, or what? Maybe he maybe he traveled across the globe. That's uh, that Duke education, I guess. <laughs> so we have we have a few a few series that are tied up here. Yeah. 
I, I want you guys to predict who's gonna who's gonna take control in game five. Okay. All right. First one, we're gonna start with Clippers Mavs. I'm gonna go with John. I am going to say I'm gonna maybe I'll surprise you guys. I'm gonna say the Mavs. Oh. How come? I think winning three in a row in the playoffs or losing three in a row in the playoffs is very difficult. And I think the Mavs are going to come out with their backs against the wall and they're going to play desperate. And I think usually when you play desperate, it leads to a win, usually, in my, in my, um, from what I've seen. So I'm going to go with the Mavs. You think that uh, Luka's going to get that, like, really good Dallas Mavericks massage? I do. For his, like, nerve, his neck nerve? I do. He's gonna, yeah. He's gonna get a, a three-hour massage from Mark Cuban, I think. What? Personal, oh, personal massage. That's disgusting. <laughs> JJ, what do you think? I agree. I think I can't argue with John said, which is winning three straight is pretty difficult. Losing three straight is difficult. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna go with the Clippers. And the reason being is because they're they're finding they're finally starting to play some defense, and it's probably because Luca's injured. I don't think that injury is gonna just go away, so I'm gonna go with the Clips on this one. I hope uh, on game five. Pandemic P doesn't prove you oh, wrong. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and then the next one is Nuggets. Nuggets Blazers. Who do you think takes game five? I'm gonna go with Nuggets with the Nuggets because uh, shout out to our uh, sister podcast Busted Bucket holla, holla. shout out um, I've said this before but Trailblazers uh, heartbroken too many times I don't believe in stats they have the talent but they don't have the other two elements of a championship team which is defense and their lack of chemistry or lack of ball movement is very concerning. So I'm going with Nuggets. John, where are you going? I think I'm going to go Nuggets too, but in a close one. And I wouldn't be surprised. I know this is a cop out, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Blazers won in a, a close one. I think it's going to be the closest game so far, but I'm going to go Nuggets in a by less than five. I'm going to plead the fifth. There you go. No, I'm weak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna actually say Trailblazers, game five. No the I... reason being is because they they the Nuggets worry me that they don't have enough offensive firepower. If Will Barton doesn't come back, if PJ Dozier doesn't come back, they have no guard play, and like they're finding ways to shut down uh, Jokic, and it's only one dude. They gotta shut down one dude. I don't particularly trust starts to shut down one dude but it worked the last game so i'm a, I'm a ride with a hot hand i'm gonna go blazers because they just waxed game I, four i do think the x factor is michael porter jr so if he can play well i, yeah. I got denver in that game and then and then lakers Suns. that's the last two two i'll go first i'm gonna take lakers i'm gonna say i'm, I'm gonna say braun has an all-time game five in the first round and goes Super Saiyan mode and just completely dismantles the Suns. Yes, sir. That would be the best for the league, I think. JJ, JJ? what do you think? We'll save John for last. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Lakers. Oh. I'm not gonna be one of those anti-LeBron fans. I actually respect LeBron. I love how he plays. You could never count him out. I don't think he's ever had a first-round exit either. So, no. based off history, you gotta go with LeBron. He has not. Yeah, he's 14-0 and in first-round playoff series. Yeah, I'm... Uh, surprise, surprise. I'm going Lakers. Oh. But I don't... I don't know if LeBron's gonna have one of those games. I would hope. I hope that would be awesome to watch. I think as a Laker fan, obviously, but as even as an NBA fan, go, seeing him go ten years back in the past and just pulling out a fifty triple double, fifty point triple double, would be amazing to see. But I actually think our role players are gonna step up this game. I, I I do think that they have to they have to average to the mean. I think at some point. So I'm going Lakers. All right, man. Sounds like we're, we're all going Lakers on that one. That that actually concludes the All-NBA pod, uh, the clinic All-NBA pod. Uh, JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, fans. John, thank you for being on, dude. Thank you. Take it easy. All right, guys. Uh, find us on wherever you guys get your podcasts.